Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Hello, I'm Shannon. And I'm Jerry. Betty White, our sweet, furry, white bundle of joy, is just sitting here in her pita, hanging out with us. And we are back for episode 62 of the Arner Adventures podcast. 62, yes. <laughs> feels It feels like spring's just around the corner, y'all, and we're moving right along through the February month. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you smell the flowers? I can. I can, too. Mm-hmm. I can, too. Yeah. I just love this time of year. It's like you start seeing the light at the end of that winter tunnel, and oh, I'm just pretty soon we're going to be out there cutting grass and complaining about that, and, but you know what? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You, you love it. Yeah. Well, speaking of spring, a lot of people begin to think about their spring cleaning plans, getting rid of stuff. Yes, yes, yes. It may be a great time to go and download our free declutter challenge. You know, people like to start at the beginning of the year, but they also like to think about it when the seasons change. It's mm-hmm. free. You've got nothing to lose except a bunch of your crap. <laughs> it's a 30-day easy plan with daily tasks to rid the actual clutter and negative mindset clutter from your life. 30 days. <laughs> Go and check that out if you'd like. The link is in the show notes. Today, we have a Spark in Our Lives episode with Piper Watson. We just love the synergy with Piper and her background. Um, if you know us, you'll probably pick up on all that. Definitely. Piper is just a sparky kind of name anyway, right? Uh, yep. Well, should we mosey on over to that conversation? Oh, I think we should. So we told you a little bit about our guest. Her name is Piper Watson. Piper is a master certified life coach and expert multipreneur, which I love. And I can't wait to hear more about that, who helps people find their purpose and the freedom to squeeze every last drop of goodness out of living. In 2018, she left her last career as a nonprofit executive to hashtag van life around the world and try to escape the depression of feeling lost burned out and like an imposter, something that Jerry and I completely relate to. She sold her belongings, rented out her house, hit the road and found her, tried to find herself, quote unquote, over 70,000 plus miles in eight countries with two big dogs and a willing husband in tow. What she discovered was a knack for helping others to see their full potential, feel more alive and take total responsibility for what they wished they could create with their time on earth. She has coached people to be more impactful leaders at companies like Meta and Google and help them find the balance to maybe write their book, start a business, have more fun in their marriage. People who know they are meant for more seek her out to help them dream big and do the things that they have always wanted to do. Piper, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
I, when we were reading the things about you and asked you to be on the show and all of that, you, your name even just sounds very, you know, a uh, firecracker. Like I'm just, <laughs> I feel like you are someone who just lights up a room and they can't see this, but you're lighting up our screen and we're really excited to have this conversation today. Oh, thank you so much, Shannon. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, at first, I mean, of course, the first thing that resonated with us is how you sold all your belongings and, um, you know, went out to quote unquote, find yourself with so many people try in one way or another to do and you hashtag van lifed it. So that's the first thing I want to ask about is was there a certain, you know, I mean, sometimes I feel like I can pinpoint a moment, but you know, it really was things rising to a head. Was there a moment that you said, okay, that's it. I got to sell everything. I got to get a van and go van life it around or what led you to that moment? Yeah. It's so interesting. I, I love this question. I feel like I always answer it a little bit differently because every time I do, I think, oh, but really, was that the tipping point? And I think yeah. back and I would have to say, so my husband and I were running this nonprofit together. Um, when we got married, we were about six years into running it and we decided like we were just going to elope. We, I had been a wedding photographer prior to running the nonprofit. So I saw how weddings went. I saw how much they cost. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, let's just go to Costa Rica and surf for six weeks and just take a big break. And then maybe we'll just get married at the end of it before we come home. And he's like, that's a great idea. We'll do like the honeymoon first. And I was like, love it. So we started making plans and then all of our friends and family found out and they were like, oh no, no, we are coming. So they came down and, you know, invaded our elopement, which was great. But in that six week period, like we had just been, I had been nonstop with my photography career, went right into starting this nonprofit with him, now my husband. And it was just go, 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 go. And that six weeks was the first time that I really got a chance to pause. Um, I've always been a really active person, a really outdoorsy person, always traveled and I just was like, why can't this be our life? Mm. And it flipped a switch for me. Like we, we don't have kids. We only have dog babies. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of flexibility. We've always been entrepreneurs, always created our own jobs. Why can't we create a job where we can work from anywhere? And it just, it sent me on a different trajectory. And it was that moment when we came back and I started realizing like, oh, I could really do this, that I started to see everything wrong in my daily life. <laughs> right, right. But also kind of realizing that what I was doing with our nonprofit in my day-to-day -day were actually things that made me feel really bad about myself, like in terms of just having to do a lot of stuff I wasn't really that great at but there was nobody else to do it. Mm, yeah. And so that can kind of do a number on your self-confidence. So instead of, you know, poo-pooing the nonprofit, it really just got me thinking, well, what am I good at? What mm -hmm. do I want to do? But, you know, life gets in the way and there was just things coming at us at such a high, high rate of speed that I didn't have a chance to really think about what that would be. So that was kind of the Kickstarter, the, the moment that I knew like something's got to give, I, yeah. I want my life to look differently. Yeah. Um, and that the dominoes just started 
going from there. I always ask this question of, of anyone who has sort of been through this journey of, you know, um, just getting rid of their stuff and sort of purging in a way. Was that process afterwards, oh shit, or was it, oh, this is great? Like, what, what did you feel like at first when you first did all that? I mean, at first it feels great. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of this. You know, it starts <laughs> to feel like your job. I mean, it kind of is your job for a minute. Uh-huh. You're getting rid of so much stuff and it takes a lot of time and effort. We actually had this brilliant idea like, oh, because we rented out our house and it was going to be on Airbnb and a furnished rental. So we wanted to furnish it cool, but with things that we weren't really going to worry about, like, uh-huh. oh, that gets messed up or damaged. It's no big yeah. deal. So we put everything that was near and dear to us in the basement and then everything we wanted to sell or get rid of, we, we styled the house with, and we had a most of this has got to go sale where we served mimosas at the door of our, our walk through our house garage sale, essentially with just, you know, Venmo me at signs everywhere. So people didn't even have to like interact with us. They could just like pick out that rug send me Venmo, walk out the door with the rug and the mimosa, and hopefully they aren't driving away with it. What? It was so much fun. And it was, it just like caused this momentum of like, yes, we are getting rid of stuff and people are happy and they're buying our stuff and we're also making money. And this is so much fun. We loved it. We loved it. That is, um, okay. What was it called again? Make the mimosa? Most of it's gotta go. Most of it's gotta go. Oh my God. Well, I love that because then you don't have to, like what we did is we put it on everything, you know, marketplace, Craigslist, like all these things and just were having to monitor it all. And then we had a yard sale and, and, but the way you did it, you probably had a great crowd too. Oh, we had a great crowd. I mean, we advertised it on all those places. Yeah. But yeah. it kind of leveled it up. It's like, oh, come walk through my consignment store of my house oh. instead of like, oh, you know, come buy my wares on my lawn for a quarter of <laughs> piece. <laughs> we were like, no, we got good stuff. We're making money, Shannon. We're going to fund our travels. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I was the same way after two where I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. Jerry needed a little bit of... Uh... I mean, he did it and he was like, yes, let's do it. But then he had some, oh, I don't know. Uh, but it, it's all been good. But I, I do talk to some people who are like, oh, no, we sold our things and then we freaked out or whatever. So I love hearing that it was exciting. And and look, it's not all sunshines and rainbows, but it's it's nice to hear that you were really into it. And your husband, he was into it too? Oh, my gosh. He, he It was actually a little harder for him because, I mean, he has been an artist throughout his whole career in some way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. So he's a little bit of a materials hoarder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that, you know, fabric that I collected. Oh, someday I'm going to sew something with this. Yeah. And I never did. Mm-hmm. But I was happy to let some of that stuff go and kind of like role modeling that for him. And slowly but surely he became addicted to it too. So much so, I mean, we're in a, a house again now, but there, there are definitely things that we got rid of that I'm like, why, 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 why did I get yeah. rid of that? Oh, well, oh, well, it's just yeah. practice and letting things go. If you haven't heard of Nerva, it is a women-led team of licensed Ayurveda and yoga professionals helping women achieve their health goals through natural and holistic means. 
I just recently had my consult call and my introduction call into the program, and I am amazed at how tailored the program is just for me. It's not an algorithm or a canned response. I have a virtual conversation with an actual Ayurvedic professional. The conversations, they're not rushed. It's really a breath of fresh air, especially when you're accustomed to doctors rushing you through a 10-minute appointment and not having anything really addressed. You can have one of these calls too. Nerva is offering our listeners a free 15-minute consult to address your health concerns naturally through the Ayurvedic lifestyle. You can book with the link in the show notes and save when you move forward with their program. Use code NERVA20, that is N-I-R-V-A-20. You can also visit arneradventures.com slash NERVA for more information. I can't wait to continue sharing my experience with NERVA with you. And now back to the show. It is. There's once in a while, I'll look for something and I'm like, I cannot believe I got rid of that, but I just put it out of my head and that's it. Did you buy a furnished van or did you guys do it? Or what was the van like that you actually van lifed it? That's a great question. So we got our van at the end of 2017 and van life was just kind of taking off on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and we're like, Oh, this is such a great idea. And we've looked at ones that were already done. They were way out of our price range, but the nonprofit that we ran was a makerspace. So we had access mm-hmm. to like an entire wood shop. Did we know how to build out a van? Absolutely not, but we were going to figure it out. Sure. And so we, we have the resources. We have this space to do it. Like, why not? Like, let's give it a whirl. And so, yeah, we built it out ourselves. It was gorgeous. That's amazing. Okay. So going back, so you, you ran this nonprofit, which I don't know anyone who works or runs a nonprofit who is not uh, just devoted and runs on the very thin line of burnout. And so I know that you were dealing with burnout. And so I guess the question there is sort of, you know, did you, was it a, a slow burn or did you also kind of like the other question before about when you made that decision, did you, were you just one day, like, I can't, I physically can't go on anymore. Or, you know, if you could kind of tell me about that burnout period and did that help you decide about making this change? It sounded like it did, but if you could tell me about that. You know, I think like, I think burnout for me and maybe other people like me looks different than a lot of the people that I coach now, because I could tell it was happening. And I'm really good at, you know, cutting my losses before things get really, really ugly mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. like anything in my life. And so I could tell like, oh, my fire to think of and implement and execute new ideas is really starting to dwindle. Mm. Tell, like my excitement to really take it to the next place. And there was lots of places we could take it. And we had tried and succeeded in some and tried and failed. But every new idea that I had um, was meeting some kind of, you know, brick wall, whether it was my own energy or, um, you know, the people around me or some of the key stakeholders. And I just started thinking, it doesn't have to be this hard. And, and nothing that we do in life has to be that hard. Like if right. the energy's there and it's flowing and you're able to support yourself to keep it flowing, keep going. Yeah. And I, and I recognized I had such a strong passion for it and such a desire to have it be successful over the long term 
that I realized maybe my skill set was what was holding it back. You know, my skill set got it to this certain place, but maybe my lack of skills in other areas were keeping it from growing to where it needed to grow. Mm. And so that really started to bum me out. And I just noticed like the day-to-day stuff that I used to get excited about. I was losing that enthusiasm. I was starting to isolate a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a really social organization. And I just found myself saying no to a lot of the outings and gatherings a lot more, which isn't really like me. And so I realized, you know what, it's not necessarily that I don't want to be a part of this organization or I don't want to see it, see it succeed, but maybe I meant for something different and I've reached my ceiling here. Right. Did did that answer your question? Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking that, um, and I know, you know, you're a a life coach and you probably get this a lot more than what I'm thinking of how I'm going to say it, but it's almost like, uh, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do this is you were, it sounds like you were sort of tying your self-worth and your value to the success or not success of the business. And I think so many of us do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. It's so natural because it's like, you know, when you start something, it is a part of who you are, you know, it's a part of your creative process and output that you're getting direct feedback on from the world around you. So you do very naturally make it about you. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, um, that maybe that wasn't the only way to make an idea successful. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of missing some skills there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you have uh, like some control issues where you didn't want to delegate or was it like a financial thing because it was a nonprofit and you couldn't hire and take on some of those responsibilities or? Yeah, it was definitely a financial thing because like we had grown so much so fast and we were really great at having our own revenue stream. So we were, you know, 75% self-sustaining, which is unheard of for an organization that's less than 10 years old. Yeah. But we had to fundraise like for the other 25%. And that was something I didn't have a lot of experience in. So Mm -hmm. we leaned into our volunteers a lot. We had so many passionate people that gave so much of themselves to keep it going and to help us, you know, where we didn't have the skills in our direction team. Mm -hmm. But I think I just recognized that I wasn't necessarily the right person to be leading that direction because I had other things I was interested in, yeah. but the, the capacity of the organization couldn't support paying me to do mm-hmm. that and all yeah. the things that actually just needed to get done to keep yeah. open and the lights on. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another, you know, common thread with solopreneurs and, and yeah. just people who freelance or anything. They're everything. Like they wear yeah. all hats. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you get into, and I'm speaking from experience here, a lot of times one gets into business for the passion of what they have. They don't do it so that they can do the accounting and do the fundraising and do all of that right. stuff, you know? And, and you end up doing it because there's nobody else to do it. And you don't really yeah. have the income to pay someone else to do it yet. And that's like a really valuable lesson that I learned from that experience is, mm-hmm. you know, plan for what you want, not what you have right now. And, mm. you know, do what you got to do to make what you want easy. You know, like you might have to hire before you're ready, before you actually have the funds in your bank and trusting that you're resourceful enough to just figure it out 
and yeah. then it's going to keep going. Right. So you, you experienced this burnout. Uh, did the nonprofit, I, I'm just sitting here wondering this, did the nonprofit, the makerspace completely shut down or did someone take it over or how, what happened with that? No, because I mean, it was some, it was like your kid, right? Yeah. You know, you're not just like, okay, you're, you've graduated <laughs> high school. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was a process and it was about a year long process mm. of, you know, talking. So it was myself, my now husband and two other people. We were kind of the organizers and the leaders. And we had 40 volunteers that had been with us for years since the beginning. Um, we had, you know, contracted teachers that would come in and teach our classes that had at one time been volunteers or users of the makerspace. So it was a very tight knit community. And yeah. we knew, or at least for me, like I can't be at the center of this the whole time yeah. because then it doesn't grow to what it needs to be to support the people it's here to support. Right. You know, it needs that diversity of thought and ideas and energy and fresh blood and energy coming into it. And we had been doing it for almost seven years. So I, I told everybody, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, taking a different role in the library and just being a volunteer and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what that looks like, what that transition looks like. So it was a really collaborative experience. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that to yeah. transition out of those roles and, and have new people fill those roles. And it's, I mean, it's still going, it's still thriving and it's an amazing place. And I'm really excited, you know, where it's gone That's that great. it had to like without yeah. me. Mm -hmm. Um, so you recognize that you needed a change and then you was part of the, you know, all the miles. And I think you spent like three, three years, three years. Uh-huh. Okay. So <laughs> You're, you're, were you in the van? No, you, cause you went to different countries. So you, you mainly, the van was like your home base. We were in the van the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. We drove to all the places. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So that, that the dogs and, you know, they had to come with us. So that's right. The two dogs, the big dogs. Yeah. Um, so if you don't mind me asking were, when you were, when you guys were on the road for three years, I mean, what were you doing? to, you know, sustain yourselves like financially. Yeah. So, well, when we, when we left, you know, we sold everything. Yeah. We'd been so saving for about a year at that point. Yeah. It was actually probably almost two years. Cause we kind of decided like, we're going to do something or I decided I'm going to do something at first. It was just going to be me by myself for like six months. Yeah. Hey, I'm just going to have a sabbatical. I'm going to drive around the country for a little bit, get my, my head together, figure out what I want to do next. And I've got some savings and that's it. And then my husband actually had kind of a traumatic event happen to him. And he decided, I, I want to go too. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure I want to be here either. So we decided to do it together. And so we knew that we needed to make some money to do that. And so we just, we started saving, sold our belongings, um, and when we rented out our house, we had gotten everything paid down to a place where it was just straight income. So it was uh -huh. really the rental income from our house that allowed us yeah. to sustain yeah. the travels. But, you know, at one point we kind of recognized, ooh, we're burning through our savings like faster than we anticipated yeah. um, because we're still 
living as though we have full-time jobs, which we did. <laughs> and so we ended up doing a very short stint at a glamping company, which was such a hilarious time in my life. You know, we're traveling around to all these national parks off season, taking down these huge glamping sites that are, you know, $500 a night tents for, yeah. you know, big executives and things like that. And we're traveling with like all these 20 year olds and like, I'm almost 40 at this point. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what are we doing? They're partying all night, like doing acid coming to work the next day. And I'm just, I'm like, what is happening? What's happening right now. But we did that together for um, about six months and made, you know, enough money to do a whole other year down all the way down into Central America. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. We are big on productivity tools. When someone asks me what top productivity tools I recommend, one of the first is Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an email marketing platform that just makes things so much easier. We used to use MailChimp, but when I started doing a little bit more research, I found that Flowdesk makes email marketing more personal, it's less expensive, it's more aesthetically pleasing, and takes less time to implement. When I work with digital marketing clients, the first thing I recommend is that they make the switch to Flowdesk. There are so many beautiful layouts, workflows, and makes the recipient experience much more pleasant, which is what we all want. If you're looking to make a change to your email marketing platform, I highly recommend Flowdesk. I have a 50% off link for you to use. Head over to arneradventures.com slash Flowdesk. Give Flowdesk a try if you like it, which you're going to. You can save some money on your subscription. It will be linked in the show notes too. It's arneradventures.com slash Flowdesk. And now back to the show. Wow. Um, without working. So it, it really worked out. When, okay, uh, completely off, well, kind of off topic. The two dogs. When you go into a different country, did they have to be quarantined or anything? No quarantine when you're okay. going across land. Um, okay. But, you know, that was a whole other thing that we had to figure out. And it had always been on my bucket list. Like, I just want to surf my way down the Pacific coast all the yeah. way to Panama. Yeah. Um, and my husband's a surfer, too. And so we're like, okay, you know, now's our chance. And we actually, we had just had one dog when we started this whole thing. And it was, you know, like a month before we decided to go to Mexico. Hey, let's let's adopt another dog. Cause that seems like a good idea to squeeze into 50 square feet when you're crossing nine borders. <laughs> oh my gosh. And uh, hopefully they got along. They got along. Yeah. They got along great. They were both very chill guys. And, um, yeah, you just, we, you know, got on all the websites and figured out what's the process for bringing your dogs across international borders and did all the vet visits and got all the paperwork together and got it translated. And I mean, yeah. it really is like a lot of extra leg work, but it's so worth it because uh, I mean, yeah, my no dogs have been to more countries than more people. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Did you at any point own multiple businesses at once or you have just kind of been a quote unquote serial entrepreneur? Definitely a serial entrepreneur. I think this is probably the only time in my life where I now have multiple businesses, but uh -huh. it's always been 
you know, it kind of started, I, when I graduated college, I decided I want to be a ski bum for a winter. And then that turned into like eight years. I lived in a ski town and it, it was just seeing, like, I, I worked for a guy that, um, designed tents and sleeping bags. Um, and then I worked for like an alpaca ranch. Like there was just such an entrepreneurial spirit where Uh I lived because that's like kind of how you had to get by. You had to be okay with having multiple jobs or being okay with like starting your thing from your idea. And so I had such great inspiration and role models around me that when I started photographing for the company I was working for, just for fun, like just for their local newspaper ads, I had like a $400 point and shoot that I was really excited about. And they're like, oh, Piper got a new camera. Like, hey, can you go take the photo for, you know, next week's (laughs) sale ad. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And it's like, wow, you're really funny. You make like good ads. Can you do this every week? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I started realizing, oh, I'm making more money at this than I am. You know what you're paying me to manage your store. Maybe I can do this. And I've always made those business decisions on that. Like, what am I excited about by? Like, what do I want to learn? How can I make money from it? Yeah. Um, How can I have impact with it to keep my fires lit? And it's always just evolved on itself. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. I think it. I'm sort of the same way. I always joke that I'm completely unemployable because I I, yes. I could never work for someone again. I just cannot. I I would rather struggle and grit my way through on my own and have my own thing because I always believe in my own dreams. Like whatever I think about, I'm like, okay, no, I can make that happen. And of course it's scary and I want to vomit most of the time, but I, it's so worth it to me to do that than to have to, you know, work for someone again. I think once you at least get that bug, it's sort of gone. You just can't. I mean, most people can't. So I love hearing yeah. that. Okay. And then I wanted to bring up something else. You were talking about, um, you know, the you're both surfers. And I feel like we have um, synergy in the lifestyles and the things that we, you know, sort of uh, have experienced and aspire to. One of our favorite books is Surf Shack. Do you know it? It's it's Surf Shack, Nina Frudenberger or something. I'm going to tear up her last name, but write it down. (laughs) Yeah. When we sold everything, we don't even surf. Okay. Like we live here on the ocean, but we don't surf. I, I've never even gotten on a surfboard, but we're very, we do a lot of outdoorsy stuff and kayak and stuff. But we, when we sold everything and we decided, okay, we need to go to the coast. Like we just need to heal and get things together. We, the first, we still live in a very small house, but the first house was like 550 square feet. It was tiny, us and Betty, our dog. And we aspired to that book. It's, what she did was go around. I'm I'm gonna get back where we were, but what I'm, with you. Did, I'm on this ride with you. <laughs> what she did was she she went all across, you know, the US to to these surfers who and what is that lifestyle like? Yeah. And it's very like I think it's like called Surf Shack Laid Back Living by Water or something. Uh th- what is the design in their home, but what is their life like? And it's so simple and it all comes down to whether you surf or not, that mentality is all very, I just need the ocean. Like I just need to be by the ocean. 
And so when you mm-hmm. said, you know, go down the Pacific coast and surf your way down to Panama, I'm like, oh, it's so sh- surf shack. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. But it's about small spaces and um, only having what you need. And I think that um, I, I just, I love that. I, that whole story you just told. And I know, again, it's not all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows, but there's always something to be said for just having what you need. And then I feel like it spawns your creative, you know, a a creative piece in your mind of what can I do to earn money so that I can keep doing this? You know? Yes. It's almost like, you know, you have to, what's the analogy I'm looking for? You have to rip that bandaid off or put the cart before the horse. Yeah. You know, you, you have to start doing the thing before it becomes really clear how you keep doing the thing. Mm, I love that. And what you said, while I go about, you might have to uh, live the way you want it to be rather than the way it is right now. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Because like it is, there, there are like lots of challenges to it for sure, but it, it strips away a lot of the noise that's in, you know, our day-to-day lives. That's, Mm -hmm. I think what burnout was feeling like for me is everything was just noisy. You know, we were living in Baltimore city. I just, I like my senses felt attacked all the time. And I have always had a strong connection to the outdoors and moving in the outdoors. And I just recognized, like, I think I really need that as like an essential part of my life. Yeah. And what could that look like? Yeah. So what would, would you say that you were in that mindset before this journey or what was the, one of the biggest takeaways that you walked away from that van life? I keep saying the van life, but even just being on the road and experiencing these countries, but it was van life. What, what would you say the biggest lesson was, was it changing your mindset? Was it healing from the burnout? What was it? I think the biggest lesson that I learned from that particular trip was wherever you go, you take you with you. Mm. So I really learned the importance of managing my brain Mm. so I could enjoy every experience that came my way instead of letting myself get pulled into distractions or disappointments or despair, you know, especially around small stuff that didn't actually matter at the end of the day. Yeah. So we had gotten all the way down to Costa Rica and thought we, when we got married down there, we became friends with a wedding planner and a lady that owned a bar. (laughs) So we were almost halfway down there and we thought, okay, we've got enough money to either get all the way there to kind of back where this whole thing started, full circle meta moment, right? Uh-huh. Or we have enough money to turn around and get back to the States. What are we going to do? And we just sent a couple emails to our friends in Costa Rica. And we were like, hey, we're thinking of coming down there, but we would need to work. Like, what ideas do you have? Like, what should we be thinking about? Where should we be looking? Like, how can we wrap our brains around this? And the wedding planner was like, oh, well, I run a B&B now and I'm looking for people to take over from it. And so we're like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe this is the thing. So we drove all the way down there and make a long story short, we figured out, oh, it's not the thing. It's not the thing. And when I, maybe we don't want to be here. Maybe this was just, we needed to come and complete this chapter, this thing. 
And so we decided to come back to the States. We were like, okay, now, now we really, I think I took out, I asked my dad, I was like, which I've I've never in my adult life, like asked my parents for money. And I was like, I have like $2,000 to make it back. To I need to get back. <laughs> Seems wow. like absolutely. I'm PayPaling you now. So please get on the road. And come yeah, back. please come back. I, well, is this enough? Oh my gosh, you have a gas guzzler. So we, we just booked it. We just came straight back. We ended up in San Diego with my brother and um, camped out in his, you know, upstairs office for a little while. And figured out, you know, work. I, at, at that time I had already started school to become a coach and uh-huh. was studying that. And, um, John went back to work for the glamping company for a little bit until we could figure things out. And then he eventually started his business now. So yeah, we just, we boogied back to the States. All right. So I love that you're a life coach and you're like, no, no, no. Like I, I know the dream. I made the dream happen. I, I live this life. I made the best decision. I've experienced burnout. I've experienced financial loss. Do you, okay. So then do you go into the coaching saying, you know, what is, what is this starting point? Are you like, okay, you need help uh, implementing this dream or what is your approach to helping someone once they have their, 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 their big dreams, their ideas, what is your ap- approach to helping them? Well, I'll just step back for a second and say, I actually help both people because I I do intimately know what it feels like to be just so exhausted mm-hmm. that you don't know what's next. So I yeah. definitely help that type of person. Okay. Okay. If you've been like a doer in your past or you know, like you're meant for more and you've done, you know, adventurous things or, you know, off the beaten path a little bit and you're just asking yourself like, what is next? And I'm so tired right now. I just, I can't even see that. And so I walk people through the process of getting real clarity and how they can have, you know, touchstones that they can use for the rest of their life. Uh You always come back and get clarity. You know, they don't need to rely on me forever and ever and ever. Like they know how to get clarity if they ever get pulled off course again. Mm. And then like, how do you get over, you know, some of the more immediate blocks? whether it's external things like your geographical location, or you're just not making enough money to make the thing happen. Like, great. Yeah. We're going to work through how you get over those. Yeah. And then some of the internal blocks, you know, sometimes we have limiting beliefs that we don't even realize are there. You know, there are these thoughts floating underneath our subconscious, like, oh, you'll never make six figures. Yeah. What I'm working on with the client right now. And if you want to have like financial freedom and retire early, you're probably going to need to make more, a little bit more than six figures to do that, especially if you're closing in on 40 or yeah. older than that. And so like, how do you get over those internal blocks, those limiting yeah. beliefs? We work on that. And then we get a plan. We get an action plan together. That's doable. Uh-huh. And so for the people that already know, like I know where I want to go. That part's clear. and it really resonates with me because I love people that have a lot of ideas. What happens is they can get overwhelmed by all their good ideas and yeah. get stuck in place. And so the clarity piece might come in again. It's like, great. How do, how do we get clarity so that you can focus and really know for yourself what's for you, mm-hmm. maybe not some, somebody else and what's for right now. 
because mm-hmm. some of the other ideas might actually be better if we trickle them on down the timeline and it's not for you to worry about right now. So mm. we really work to get people clarity on that. And then we do the same process. It's like, great, now let's figure out how we overcome the blocks that will inevitably come up because it's yeah. life and it happens. Yeah. And then how do you take action consistently and easily so that you keep putting one foot in front of the other no matter what chaos is happening around you, because that's inevitably going to happen too. Right. Do you find that you work mostly or people that seek you are entrepreneurs or are they people in corporate or are they both? It's both, you know, because oftentimes, well, with entrepreneurs, they often just gravitate towards me naturally. They're like, oh, you've done a zillion things and been successful. That So it's kind of a no brainer. But for people in corporate, what they really like about working with me is oftentimes what I've done is what they always wanted permission to do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so we figure that out. Like, how can we reconcile like who you are now and what you've done and what you want to do? And a lot of limiting beliefs come up in there of feeling, you know, societal pressures, familial pressures that that's not allowed for them. We've introduced you to Nerva, a women-led team of licensed Ayurveda and yoga professionals helping women achieve their goals through natural and holistic means. I just recently had my consult call with them, and it was so amazing. The professional I spoke with had, of course, a series of questions, which you can expect from any provider, but what made this different was that she was really engaged. She wasn't rushed. You know, she educated me on some of the things that may be going on with some issues I'm having and explained how the Ayurvedic lifestyle can help. You can have one of these calls too. Nerva is offering our listeners a free 15-minute consult to address your health concerns naturally through the Ayurvedic lifestyle. You can book with the link in the show notes and save when you move forward with one of their programs. You can use code NERVA20, that is N-I-R-V-A 20. You can also visit arnerventures.com slash NERVA for more information. I look forward to sharing more of my journey as I continue to work with NERVA and you can stay tuned for it. And now let's get back to the show. Right. We got to work through that. I feel like only having spoken to you for, you know, almost 40 minutes, I, I'm, I feel like what would be from an entrepreneurial standpoint, intriguing from you is your resilience. And again, knowing what, that you've experienced all of these things and that you're successful and you're still here and that, you know, you uh, are now using that to help other people, the lessons that you learned to help other people. I think that would be great. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, like you said, have all these ideas. Do you then set, help them set up like what implementation looks like for that and what that journey is on the end? 100%. Because it's like, it's like when you learn to tie your shoes, <laughs> you know, I use this example a lot. Like you have to learn, okay, where are the shoes located? Do I need yeah. socks with them? Where are the socks located? Okay. I put them on. How do I put them on? How do the laces work? Right. And when you create a plan for anything new that you're trying to do, you're essentially asking yourself all those questions and and thinking about it and almost like visualizing it and then trying and failing and trying and failing. Like you're trying to set up a plan 
that will give you as many quick, easy wins as quickly as possible. So you Mm. can start to feel really good about stretching yourself further. And then the process just becomes autopilot just by tying your shoes. Like you don't even think about it. You're like, oh, now I'm this person that just has an idea, creates the plan, goes out and does it. And if I win or I fail, it doesn't really matter. I know that all results are moving me forward. Right. Right. And the momentum of I'm, I'm accomplishing things and this is great. It keeps you, you know, it's sort of like um, keeping with a healthy health and wellness lifestyle is if you start seeing accomplishments, you're more apt to keep going. So I think that's 100%, great. 100%. 100%. Oh, are you able to look at the travels and um, we talked about you being resilient, but maybe I don't, I don't, I don't like to call things like fail challenges. the challenges challenges that you've had would you say that they were the biggest piece to move on with lessons to help other people to sort of avoid or or do you do you think the successes in your life have been the biggest lessons that you can help people with or I mean it's probably both but what would you say you learn more from I think the failures the challenges Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. And I think it's also important, you know, one thing I recognized was that I didn't celebrate my successes. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, I got here, moving on, next thing. And and really examining that, like getting in touch, like, what does it feel like to know that I have made this thing a success or I've gotten to this place that I set out to do? And really just being present in those moments. Mm-hmm. And it's allowed me to feel like I can be in uncomfortable emotions a lot mm-hmm. more readily. Like I love the example of, you know, the emotion of courage. Like courage is great. It's going to get you to a cool place if you use it a lot, but it doesn't feel that great. And so oftentimes we avoid it we avoid doing courageous things. Like, yeah, it seems noble. It feels like crap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I, I recognize if I'm not really leaning into what success feels like, how will I know when I've gotten there? So I might be doing all this work for nothing. Mm. So I want to get really comfortable with the failures that it's going to take to, to get there along the way. So I really understand and really feel like the full spectrum of life. Cause like you can't feel one without being open to really feeling the other. This might be a personal question, but I think as entrepreneur and I'll, I'll speak for myself, but a lot of, a lot of people, at least who I know who are, are in a launch or they're um, or they're just starting their business. They, they lead with fear. Like you were talking about with courage. And I I think I I feel, and I'm sure that's something that you can definitely help with in your own business as a life coach that you're able to steer, like, I guess, like imposter syndrome. Are you able to kind of not experience that? Or do you have tools that you use for yourself to work through that? Are you just like, nope, I'm good. You know, Oh, yeah, because it's like you've probably heard that analogy where like layers of an onion, you know, you peel mm-hmm. off one layer and then you find another layer. It's yeah. the same thing. It's like, yeah, I've, I've got lots of tools now and I'm always learning new stuff, especially every time I talk to somebody. 
Mm-hmm. They have an insight. And then I learn from it too. It's kind of a selfish profession in a lot of ways. They're like, am I getting more out of this than this person? But then you realize, oh, now I have a new understanding of maybe why this is coming up for me or how I can handle it differently. Mm. So it's just this really beautiful, continuous evolution you know, it's yeah. like, I think we're all meant <clears throat> to learn certain kinds of lessons. And that's why they keep coming up over and over and over again. Yeah. When you take the time to learn how to navigate through it, the next time it comes up, you know more. And so you make slightly different decisions or feel different ways. And then it comes up again, you know, and you just kind of keep going until it's not really an issue anymore. But yeah, yeah I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely still go through all of this stuff. But my toolkit and my resiliency is like far greater than it's ever been. And that's definitely something I love sharing with people because Mm -hmm. none of this has to be hard. Like none of this really has to be hard or a problem. But yeah, brain wants us to stay safe by keeping us small, which can actually be keeping us in parts of our life that we don't really like. And it takes that courage and uncomfortability and willingness to be uncomfortable to get out of that. And that's really where I help people. Yeah. Okay. The fast five questions are this or that fun, but we do learn a lot (laughs) through this. Okay. So number one, and I think I already know the answer to this, but five-star hotel or camping under the stars. Mm, camping under the stars. No time. (laughs) Okay. Number two, stay up late or sleep in? Sleep in. Okay. Number three, coffee or wine? Coffee. Okay. Number four, an actual book or an audio book? Oh, can I choose Kindle? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Number five is ketchup or mustard? Mustard. Okay. Yes. Did you think I was going to say ketchup? Well, (laughs) not really. (laughs) But people are either, people either sit and they really think about it or they're just passionate about one or the Mm -hmm. other. I, uh, yeah. So we just always get a lot of fun out of that because some people really contemplate it. And I'm like, well, it's just one or the other. I feel like mustard just can go on so much more than ketchup. So it just feels like a really versatile condiment, which I appreciate. Thank you for being versatile, mustard. Yeah, yeah. And I also, whenever I have mustard on something, I don't ever like regret the amount of mustard I used. Or like with ketchup, I'm like, this is all just like dye and sugar. Right. Totally. It's all sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The question that we ask everyone and we think is the most important is Piper what does a life well lived mean to you oh I'm I was so excited for this question and it actually made me think of I don't I don't know the quote but there is a May West quote out there that really sums it up for me and it's something like I want to slide into the finish yes it up dusty, dirty, out of breath and totally yep. exhausted thinking, wow, what a ride. I I know. Yeah. I, I know that quote. And in fact, the, the very first episode that Jerry and I did launching the podcast might've been first or second, we asked each other that question. And that is what I said, because yes. I, I saw that quote somewhere and I was 
Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I mean, what, what are we doing? Like preserving ourselves for like, it doesn't make any sense. Totally. I know. I'm like, give me all the sun without sunblock. Well, within moderation, because nobody likes to be burnt, but like, I just like, I want it all. I just want to absorb the world by osmosis. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that answer. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are wanting to get in touch with you. So please tell our audience, and we're going to link it in the show notes, the best way that they can find you, get connected with you, work with you. The most fun and easiest way to find me is on social media. You can find me on Instagram at the Piper Watson because Piper Watson was apparently taken in 2005. (laughs) Always so surprising to me. Or on TikTok. That's been a new fun venture. It's slightly different content than on Instagram, but fun nonetheless. And that's also at the Piper Watson. And then my website is piperwatson.com. Super easy, my first and last name. Um, And you can find me there. You can book a coaching consultation or just see what I'm all about and see what kind of good value I'm giving to the world. Yeah. Well, you gave a lot of value during this. I loved this. Thank you, Shane. It was so much fun. I loved being on here. You were so much fun to talk to. I oh, like no, like Yes. Oh, totally. Totally. We're, we're totally going to have to have you back on. This was, this was lovely. We really appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Piper was just great, right? Oh, indeed. You know, Jerry was not, obviously you all, he wasn't just sitting here being quiet, but Jerry couldn't make the episode recording. And we've said before that what he does is watch them later. And we kind of, you know, talk about it now, but we talk about it during and, you know, you were immediately just kind of like, yeah, okay. She definitely, we have a lot of synergy with her and Oh, I think so. Yeah, I picked up on a. It was a good vibe for me right away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just really enjoy our guests when they're uh, as open and transparent as she was, and especially talking about all our challenges and, right. and whatnot and getting over them. Um, I just I love these conversations. I do too. Yeah. Especially when you know, I think it's so easy for someone. And I'm not talking about anyone specifically on our podcast, but I just think it's so easy if you're interviewed on a podcast that you would only talk about the really positive things. But our guests just, they're like, yeah, I've really struggled. This is what I've learned. And this is how I got here to where I am. And it's really an authentic mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. there's always, it seems to be a lesson in there, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. being so open, we talk about this in any profession, any Anything that you're doing, whether it's uh, helping someone or if it isn't a way that that you do to bring an income into your home, but it makes you more relatable, especially as a coach. And Piper's life experience just makes her more valuable, I think. Oh, indeed. Indeed. If this episode resonated with you or if you know of someone who would benefit from anything we talked about today or any episode, our guests or anything, please share it with a friend. It's a great way of supporting the podcast and us, and we really appreciate it. Another way of supporting the pod is by leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on the platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button because that also supports us. We would love that. You can always find us, links we refer to during the show, and any of the podcast sponsors at arnardventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios. Uh, sayonara. Alvida. Uh, dos vidiniana. And adios.